Now, if you're hearing snoring, I am apologising. That is Rafi the Gopnik dog who now uh, loves sleeping underneath me. Um, he is snoring like a little uh, little bus at the moment. So hopefully the microphone's not picking that up. But trust is the number one thing to getting started or restarting or going again or you know getting it right this time when it comes to property investment. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, an absolute cracker for dysfunctional people. Yes, we are doing the five dysfunctions of a property investor. And I tell you what, uh, the reason I wanted to do this show, I wanted to create a two-part series, if you like. Uh, I want to guide you into buying the best possible assets to make you the most possible money when it comes to real estate. And I thought about, well, a lot of people are actually getting started listening to this podcast and also people are getting restarted when it comes to property investment. So I wanted to go through some of the dysfunctions today. So next episode, you can crack on and do what I refer to as the 12 golden rules when it comes to property investment. Yes, Next episode, you're going to have the golden ticket to Willy Wonka's golden factory when it comes to property investment. But this episode, we need to knuckle down and do some work when it comes to dysfunctions. Why are people dysfunctional? Why are property investors dysfunctional? Let's talk about dysfunctions. And I tell you what, if that doesn't sound exciting, uh, well, I'm sorry about that, but we have some work to do when it comes to being a property investor. So today, today's show is all about planting the seed so you can create uh, a great life later when it comes to your investments. And I guess we all say, you know, you're going to pay the bill for your lack of investment later in life. Like the bill for that is in the post. So you need to be an investor. You're living in a capitalist country. It means you have to deploy capital. You have to get it out there and invest. If it's your first time tuning into the show, welcome aboard. Uh, play the show in double speed. And of course, all the lessons or episodes of the Urban Property Investor are actually lessons in one way, shape or form. So, Today, the five dysfunctions of a property investor, of course, that is an absolute ripoff from the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. And in fact, I've been using this formula to coach people and, and help people inside of property investment, but also through business for a very long time. I think uh, the book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, is a very, very good and smart book when it comes to the observation of how people interface and, of course, why things don't uh, become real for many people. Um, I think <clears throat> inside a business, you know, one of the things we've been very good at inside of our business is to build this formula of 
going through the dysfunctions of why things don't happen, why things don't become real for for people, why things don't reoccur for people. And uh, really, a lot of those foundations of building a bigger and better business have been because of the five dysfunctions of a team. So it's powerful stuff. And, you know, I don't like to, you know, really um, sometimes talk about my business, but it is a very, very successful business. It's uh, home to 127 people, like 127 people work there. Uh, they work in accounting. We've got accountants that work there. We've got property managers that work there. We've got uh, we've got property teams that work there, whether they're helping buyers or whether they're helping sellers. Uh, we've got home loan specialists that are part of the team. We've got sophisticated uh, lenders. Uh, we've got, we've also got uh, joint ventures and syndication team, basically acquisitions, if you like, hunting out some large scale deals for sophisticated investors. So, you know, the team is pretty incredible. And then we've got a, like a massive back end support team, uh, contracts, law people, we've got lawyers, we've got, uh, you name it, like there is so many people working together to create this village of property investment. And, you know, it's it's a big, it's a big enterprise now, uh, the enterprise that I run. And I couldn't have done that without really uh, a team of people committed to what the five dysfunctions are like we're all dysfunctional and I think it's you know it like in business we call it the Peter syndrome yes we've all heard of Karen the crazy Karen who uh hates COVID but the Peter basically syndrome if you like is the idea that we all rise to our uh, highest level and then become incompetent so we rise to a level of incompetency. When you think about um, what that may look like, it actually is the idea that, you know, we get to a level of work where, you know, we only know so much. And for property investors, this is very, very similar. Like we rise to a level of where we only know so much. And it really does become then uh, a place where our decisions, our biases, our, uh, you know, our experiences become our life, whether they're good experiences, unfounded experiences, whether they're the only experiences we know, we're all suffering Peter syndrome. So don't be a Peter, don't be a Karen. Uh, let's crack on and do the five dysfunctions of a property investor because the five dysfunctions of a team is no different to the five dysfunctions of a property investor. The dysfunctions, by the way, are the absence of trust. Think about um, being a property investor, you know, the inability to trust a process or to trust a team or to create a team is a massive part of the puzzle. Fear of an, of basically conflict, right? Um, to be a great property investor, you've got to have conflicts. You've got to have it out. You've got to have battles. You've got to negotiate. You've got to... Um, have conflicts with friends, family, loved ones who are really, no doubt, are holding you back. 
you've got to show commitment. Uh, one of the biggest dysfunctions inside of anything is a lack of commitment. You can't just say you want to be a property investor. You actually have to go and do the do to be a property investor. And the fourth dysfunction, if you like, is the avoidance of being accountable, right? Uh, I think a lot of people are just going through life without being accountable to anything. And again, uh, when you decide that you're going to go for something and you're accountable to creating an outcome for something, it flips a switch. There is a science behind this. And of course, the final dysfunction of a property investor is inattention to results. In other words, um, not doing the right work to begin with, then getting a result and then, uh, you know, failing at understanding that you've created opportunity and creating even more opportunity from those results. There are so many people sitting on so much equity, so much capital. It's doing nothing for them. Uh, it's not creating them a result. There are so many property investors that get to one property and stop. Like the attention to the results of that is failing. Like you're not going to become financially abundant when it comes to wealth, when you're not focusing on the endless pursuit of creating results from uh, from from wealth creation, right? So there's a <coughs> lot to cover, right? A lot to cover. So let's start with the absence of trust. And, you know, without question, real estate investment uh, requires a lot of trust. It does. It does because one of the best ways to create trust is to actually build a team because property investment done alone is a sharp struggle for success. Most people um, are not capable of being good accountants. They're not capable of being depreciation experts or property management experts or having uh, any idea around contract law or do, how to do due diligence or how to structure finance perfectly. You know, I think one of the first conversations we have to have around property investment, it is not just about buying a property. That is the fun part. The property investment part is the investment part. Property is the property part. Investing is... Uh, making sure you've got the right team to deliver your investments over a period of time. So when you think about the problem of real estate investment, it is the problem of time. So the problem of time is uh, countered by creating trust. And the absence of trust really does rob people from a great experience when it comes to being an incredible property investor. A lot of people struggle to go the distance when it comes to being a property investor, owning real estate for a very, very long time. Um, and they do that. And that happens because one single formula, trust. They do not know who to trust. They do not know what team to create, if you like. And as soon as you can get over this scotoma when it comes to building trust, when you start to choose your team, if you like, you start to create a 
massive foundation for future success. So trust some people inside the real estate community, leverage other people's experience. Um, There's some great teams out there that you can work with. Um, You can obviously work with my team, but there's plenty of others, right? Like build your foundation of who you're going to work with when it comes to real estate. If you're going to trust no one, you're not going to reach financial freedom. I don't know any property investors who've done property investment all by themselves. Like at some point, you're going to have to renovate. You're going to have to put your rents up. You're going to have to claim your tax deductions. You need a team. And uh, obviously, I think uh, a six-star team's the best. I've built a six-star team around me to be a property investor. In that six-star team, there's people who can do deals. There's people who can do sophisticated deals. There's tax specialists. There's home loan specialists. There's uh, property management asset managers who are specialists. There are resale property people who are specialists. Like the amount of people you glue to yourself by trusting that other people are going to be functional and building functionality with them is one of the keys to property success. So trust is a big thing. And I think you need to trust yourself. And a lot of people don't create trust in their own world because they don't know how to create or map out goals, for example. If you have no goals, all that fundamentally means is you don't trust yourself. And again, like goals inside of uh, of the economy are important, right? Like obviously we've all heard of, you know, doing goal setting, things like creating specific uh, goals that have a specific outcome, measurable goals, which you can account for, achievable goals, which, you know, are not pie in the sky, relevant goals, which obviously are realistic and time-based goals, which are, you know, going to be measured over a period of time. Now, if you're hearing snoring, I am apologizing. That is Rafi the Gopnik dog who now uh, loves sleeping underneath me. Um, he is snoring like a little uh, little bus at the moment. So hopefully the microphone's not picking that up. But trust is the number one thing to getting started or restarting or going again or you know, getting it right this time when it comes to property investment. Remember, next episode, we're going to do the 12 golden rules. So uh, hopefully I can um, go through the five dysfunctions with you so we can come out the other side and go, okay, time to get functional, time to get match fit, time to get ready to go here and let's do the 12 golden rules and then restart as a property investor or go again as a property investor or just take note as a property investor that next time you invest, you may be wanting to do it a better way or a different way or a more uh, cohesive way. Like we can always improve, right? That is the pers- That is the purpose of talking about being dysfunctional. Like we all rise to a level of incompetence. That's the reality of it. We're all Peters. Uh, the fact that we know that, the only way to overcome that is to educate yourself. And the number one thing property investors can do is create education. So the second dysfunction is really a fear of of conflict, right? And like obviously in a business sense, it's quite often, you know, people 
won't argue because, you know, arguing is, you know, for whatever reason seen as poor behaviour. But actually having a good argument and battling for your opinion is important. And again, when we apply the five dysfunctions of a property investor, the fear of conflict or the fear of having a conflict with yourself is probably the one thing that, again, holds property investors back from setting themselves up for a magnificent journey when it comes to how their life intersects with their goals. And again, like you've got to have a conflict with yourself. Like, are you going in the right direction? And I think so many years go by and people just like drift through life and they're not having a proper conflict with themselves. They're not going, well, you know what? Uh, I'm kind of broke. Like, yeah, I've got a home loan, but I've got, you know, not much wealth whatsoever. Um, like have some deep critical conversations with yourself. Uh, if you're investing as a couple, like what I quite often see when it comes to the idea of coaching people is, you know, a dysfunction in a in in a couple's dynamic because of the speed limit people want to go. And, you know, unless you have some healthy conflicts to thrash out what your goals are as a couple, um, you can quite often be disconnected, disjointed. And if you're not moving together and you're moving separately, I mean, this is this is one of the reasons a lot of people don't make it as a couple is because financial stress kicks in and goals are misaligned. And so one of the, the biggest conflicts you've got to have is quite often a conflict with your spouse to go, well, are we doing this right? Are we going in the right direction? And and that fear of not actually shaking the tree is holding a lot of people back. And again, I think fear of conflict quite often puts people under life pressure. Uh, you know, let's face it, you know, a lot of the time your immediate friends and family are gopniks. They, they, they are. Uh, they're they're not, um, you know, doing successful in life. They're not um, setting themselves up financial freedom later in life. They're gopniks. I've got gopniks in my life. You've got gopniks in your life. Uh, there are always gopniks out there. But the point of the conversation is people are going to try and hold you back and you've got to have a conflict about that, you know, do you let those people go? Do you spend less time with those people? Do you love those people? And just find other people to support you as to where you want to go with your life. This is your life. And again, one of the biggest things that hold people back when it comes to building an incredible life is the fear of letting other people down who are uninspirational. It's kind of like, the crab in the, in the, you know, in the, in the fish tank, right? You know, the other crabs kind of claw the crab trying to get out of the fish tank and pull it back down. So it's not to say you shouldn't love your mates and your community. You should, but the reality is don't let other people's uh, 
challenges, beliefs cheat you out of a big opportunity to live a life of financial abundance. And really what I what I see is too many people not having that conflict with themselves, not going, hang on a minute, I am in financial infancy. I need to do something about it. The conflict I have with myself is I'm financially incompetent. I need to do something about that. And I see financially incompetent people all day. Like it's not their skill set. So the problem for them is they can't build trust, the dysfunction of trust with anyone because they can't have a conflict with themselves that they are actually not going in the right direction. They don't have the goals mapped out. They don't have the support network they need to get going. And again, really does come back to what I've been referring to. Like you got to build a society. You got to build a team. I've been spending 20 years building a society. You can borrow my society, but you could, there's plenty of other great property people, great podcasters. Like that's, I mean, I'm in admiration of plenty of the podcasters around that great, uh, create such a great network, right? Like, you know, I do this podcast by myself, but you know, there are podcasts where there's, you know, all sorts of people interviewed all the time, which, you know, it just shows the depth of community and, and uh, it's probably something I need to do a better job at really, but I chose to do this podcast as a solo podcast back in the day. But the network that, um, you know, is out there for property investors, if they can overcome the conflict of, you know, moving into a new direction um, is going to absolutely provide uh, confidence, which is what a lot of property investors need, the confidence to move forward, to get going. So uh, I think like when it comes to the idea of the five dysfunctions of a team, like we've got, remember, the absence of trust, fear of conflict, then we get to this thing called commitment. And like the reality is a lot of property investors or people in society are just not committed to creating financial freedom. So like that is dysfunctional. You live in a capitalist society because you live in a capitalist society. The only way to it, uh, to end up financially abundant is to deploy capital and, there is no other way around it other than moving to a socialist country. Like there's just no other way to keep up with the Joneses. Your wage is not going to be enough. So statistics, like you can look at every statistic that's ever been created by the Australian Bureau of Statistics and it tells you what's going to happen. You're going to end up on the pension. So commitment, it's the next dysfunction. Like are you going to commit to this thing? And again, like there are varying degrees of how committed people are. Again, some people flirt with property investment. They buy one property um, and soon realize it's probably not going to be enough. Like to commit to being financially abundant from going from financial infancy or illiteracy to abundance needs a lot of stuff to happen. It it's a 20-year journey. The commitment is over 20 years. Along the way, can you speed up 
uh, making money out of real estate? Of course you can. You can buy well, you can add value to real estate, you can do what I do, which I refer to as dumbbell investing. As you know, uh, there's two sides to the weight, if you like, of a dumbbell. One side and the other side, uh, I do my buy and hold on one side of my investments. On the other side of the dumbbell, uh, I trade real estate, I armchair develop, I do alternative investing. And along the journey, I get paid to own, buy and hold real estate. And again, that is a commitment I have chosen over time. That is a skill set I've developed over a period of time. And now I have the ability to share that skill set with other people. It's uh, a commitment that I've created through my whole life. I've dedicated my whole life to property investment. My whole economic life has been about real estate from literally the time of leaving school. That is how committed I personally am, right? So again, uh, a lot of people feel like they potentially have missed the boat and don't commit, but that's not necessarily a smart decision. Like real estate has a big future in Australia. A lot of people have a short attention span when it comes to investing. Like they're always chasing trends. They're always excited by the next thing, you know, the next cryptocurrency or the, uh, you know, the next um, NFT or whatever it may be. Like, like being committed to something is about actually sticking to something. And probably one of the biggest dysfunctions of property investment is the inability to master the time it takes to see a return on capital. Um, and again, like your buy and hold return on capital is a long time. It, you know, you're buying stuff and you're committing to it. You're committing to the period of time it takes to get the result. And that is a long period of time. Can you speed that up? Yeah, you can do some alternative investing. It's just the way it works, right? Like you can, uh, you know, uh, deploy capital into uh, armchair investments, right? But the point is like you've got to choose what you're going to commit to. And, you know, I see a lot of people flirt with, oh, I'm going to be a renovator this week. Oh, now I'm doing subdivisions. Um, now I'm trying this. Now I'm trying that. And, you know, uh, people cheat themselves out of big opportunities when it comes to becoming wealthy because they, they actually don't want to own real estate for a long – people don't like owning stuff, right? People don't even like committing to stuff. Like people today, like, are reluctant to even get married. Like it's, it's a real dysfunction and you've got to be able to commit to a clear – set of defined goals and variables over a period of time to be a successful property investment. I think you've also commit to how much time you're going to devote to being a property investor. Like it's like doesn't require you full time, but it does require you to take on responsibilities of um, checking in with your property managers, checking in with your finance team, checking in with your tax team and getting shit done, right? And so, again, 
The easiest way to approach this is by having the right people around you because you as the property investor really only need to make uh, one major vital decision and that is choosing the right asset. Next podcast, I'm going to give you the 12 golden rules of choosing the right asset. You're going to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. You've got the golden ticket. I've given you the golden ticket. You'll be in the chocolate factory next episode. But we've got to be able to commit to this thing, which is property investment. And it is not a share. It is not Bitcoin. It is repairs. It's maintenance. It's interest rates going up. It's the real deal. And it'll be interesting with what we perceive to be coming with interest rate adjustments. Uh, We've never had really... um, Uh, like generation millennial has never borrowed money in an interest rate environment, which is rising. And as we know, like they often referred to as the generation, which um, is quite cavalier, you know, it's They're quite sort of, Oh, I'm going to try something else this week. So I'll be very interested to see what happens if the millennials stick it out and um, love their real estate, or they actually go, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't really like owning things. Um, I'm more of a minimalist. Um, I'm, you know, yeah, I'd prefer not to have anything. Um, it'd be very, very interesting because we are about to go into um, a very, very real social experiment based on what money is worth and how a certain demographic generation um has been perceived to be, you know, the, the um, you know, 18 jobs in 10 years kind of uh, human being. Um, obviously, I'm Gen X. So, you know, I just, well, you get one job, you stick to it, you do it for life. Sounds boring as batshit, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, um, it's worked out. Uh, it's worked out for me. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about basically doing the one skill for my entire life, learning Uh, committing to something and never stopping at it, just getting better. Every time I become incompetent, every time I become Peter, I start to work out how to be, uh, you know, better at what I do. So lack of commitment is the dysfunction. And again, like you've got to use some real numbers here. Like you've got to really understand that you are committing to a an outcome, a financial outcome that's the only reason you become a property investor. So commit to a number. Like what is your mathematical number to stop going to work? Uh, is it a $100,000 passive income? How are we going to achieve that? What is your commitment to that? What is your time frame to get there? Um, and you know, like what do you need to let go to be successful at that? And when you start committing to things, you start to realize just how much you waste, right? Uh, You waste on feel good things. Um, When you start to go, you know what? I would prefer to save to buy my second or third property and use a little bit of equity, a little bit of savings, a little bit of cash than feeling good about a pair of shoes. You're starting to commit. And, um, you know, one of my best friends is the ultimate 
person who cannot commit to anything. And uh, I love hanging out with him because the study of the lack of commitment is just really creating a massive dysfunction in his life. The average time he owns real estate, two years, two years. And then he's like, I hate this. I want to, I'm not going to commit to this. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do this. And um, some years he makes some money, some years he loses some money, but he just won't commit. And I, I think when you decide what you want from life and if real estate's part of it, you've got to be about obsessing about getting to the destination, right? You've got to know your destination. These are the rules, right? You've got to obsess about what it looks like on the other side. And when you obsess about what it looks like on the other side, you know, even if a roadblock is put in front of you, you're going to go around it, right? You're going to know that you've got obstacles to get to where you, where you need to go. And man, there's so many obstacles that are put in front of you to reach where you want to go. Um, and so much unclear territory that it really does create a challenge for people and they become dysfunctional and they opt out. So dysfunctions are a real thing. Remember, we have absence of trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, and attention to results. So let's move on to accountability. I think we need to know our numbers, right? We need to know what it's going to take to get to the other side. We need to know what uh, our metrics are. Like, what are we reporting in when it comes to financial success? We've got to determine our outcome. We've got to work out how to budget for this thing. We've got to be accountable to ourselves. We've got to be accountable to our peers, our loved ones. We've got to be accountable to our team. Uh, we've got to be accountable to money. We've got to work out how to minimize our expenses, maximize our income. We've got to work out how to create a clear budget. All of this is the idea of being accountable to the goal. And again, like, you need to know your numbers, what you can borrow, how much deposit you need to use, how yields work, how after-tax cash flow works. Being accountable to all of this makes you understand real estate better. And again, a lot of this, if you've never been exposed to it, is just about getting educated well, like understanding how to, uh, you know, forecast for for your property investments, how to run them properly, right? And again, like there's obviously a lot of trade-offs when it comes to property investment. For many people, you know, they don't have the highest amount of budget, so they're trading off on potentially price or location. Um, there's a lot of things you need to overcome, but the core principle of this is to be accountable to your goal, right? And again, when we look at how to be accountable, I like to put numbers around it. Like at the end of the day, if you want, um, you know, 
$2 million worth of real estate throwing out $100,000 worth of cash flow, there's an accountability behind that. Like you have to go and buy $2 million worth of real estate, work out how to cash flow it, make sure it doesn't send you backwards, make sure that you uh, are actually looking after the real estate, make sure that it's functioning well. And also at the end of a period of time, make sure you don't have any debt on that real estate so you can own it outright to live off the passive income. You've got to create the plan and make sure you're accountable to what the plan is. And like without accountability, like this is where it, simply just breaks down and again like the amount of people i've met who go i want to be a property investor and then three years later their plan of life changes so they have to sell the real estate uh yeah it blows my mind like like why bother buying it in the first place if you're not going to be accountable to what the goal is so it's a big big conversation and i heard um you know, a cool podcast up, Stuart Weems mentioned this the other day on one of his um, uh, podcasts, um, the Hawthorne effect, right? Which is just the idea that humans, when they really understand they're accountable to something and are being observed and, uh, you know, um, you know, like they are taking ownership of accountability, the productivity or the results or the, the transformation is huge. When you're not held to account for anything, um, it's just chaos. It's just chaos. And I always like to be accountable to what I set out. And I like to measure that accountability year on year. Like I like to know that my net worth has improved year on year. I like to know that my social uh, friends and so forth have improved. I like to know my health and wealth uh, has improved. My hobbies have improved. I'm very, very accountable. And I do that through time capsuling. Like I always write a letter to myself and I get um, someone else to mail me that letter in the snail mail, if you like. And, uh, you know, I always get it a year later and um, assess how I've gone with what I wanted because I plan for it. I look over the horizon um, so accountability is huge. And I think um, one of the biggest gifts for property investment is to create opportunity, the accountability of creating opportunity. And again, the attention to creating opportunities is a big part of being a property investor. Now, again, like I create opportunities for other people. They don't have to take the opportunity, but I put opportunities in front of people. That's my job. I'm a deal maker. I create opportunities. I put it in other people. It's completely up to them whether they want to partake in the opportunity. But the point is those people put themselves around where they are being put in a place where they've got opportunities briefed to them. And a big part of my job is briefing people on opportunities. Um, again, it's they're the investor. 
It's up to them to work out whether the opportunity is ideal or something they want to partake in or pass up. But the point is, if you're going to be accountable to this thing called real estate, you need to start to be uh, results-based, right? Results-based. And again, like when I look at the five dysfunctions of a team, it's all about the idea of accountability. And then the final part is results-based. And to get results out of real estate, I'm going to give you the golden ticket to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. So you can come next next week and listen to what that looks like when it comes to how to find, you know, the right property, which is going to be a good buy and hold piece of real estate. But when it comes to your, uh, the metrics around the idea around attention to results, like there's two things you've got to set up to get results out of real estate. One is deal flow, uh, opportunities, if you like. Uh, you've got to be able to get results out of real estate by having more opportunities than anyone else put in front of you. You've got to be in a position where the right property opportunity appears in your world or you know how to go and look for those opportunities. You know how to gather those opportunities. Because again, like when we analyze real estate, the best real estate gets the best results. Like the best real estate, to be brutally honest with you, you will never see it online because no one ever sells it because it's the best real estate. Um, the results of the best real estate have made people so wealthy, they never sell the best real estate. So we've got to go and find the best real estate in the marketplace with what's available, then hold on to it forever to get the results of property investment. Now, again, like I talk about this a lot, like the biggest challenge for property invest investment is uh, for investors is getting enough capital into the market, owning enough properties to get the results. And, you know, again, with the Royal Commission, with APRA, with lending, you know, once upon a time, it was so simple. Like, honestly, like 20 years ago, you could borrow money for nothing. Uh, you could buy lots and lots of properties. There was really uncapped amount of real estate you could buy in the marketplace. Today, it's a lot different. You know, it's a lot harder to borrow money. There's a lot more speculation around what you do, you know, far out. Like, you know, they start to analyze everything, don't they? How many times you have Uber Eats these days, right? So what you have to do now to get the results is really consider the best growing assets to get the most capital into the market. Uh, to get the results out of real estate, you quite often need real estate to double, which takes time. Um, but the more real estate you end up owning, the less growth you need because of compounding results. So in other words, you know, it's quite common for people to buy a $500,000 property investment. They need that to go to a million dollars, which is a hundred percent return. 
uh, to see a 100% result. Um, then if they've got a million dollars worth of real estate, they need that to go to $2 million worth of real estate to see 100% result on their money. However, once you've got $2 million to go to $3 million, it's 50% result. $3 million to $4 million, it's, you know, 25%. Uh, and so on. And again, so the more capital you've got in the market, the faster the results come. The less capital you've got into the market, the longer the results will be. And you can speed this up by doing alternative investments. Like you can pigeon pair the stuff, dumbbell investing, one side of the dumbbell, buy and hold. The other side of the dumbbell, you can get results from doing armchair developing, like putting some money into a deal with other people and getting the deal done, flipping the deal and and making a few bob. But like the results have to come from you participating and working on this stuff. And again, so many people don't get the results from property investment because they just, they, they don't have any attention to detail around how results work. Now I'm selling a property this year. It's underperformed. It's um, when I assess the deal, the opportunity is greater for me to sell and rebuy something else. Okay. And like understanding that I've got attention to detail on how the results are going. I'm not caught up in the fact that I potentially will lose money on that deal. I'm just results oriented. Like I'd rather lose money and go and make money somewhere else. That is how I am committed to the result of real estate. I know I can outperform my dud real estate by doing something better. So again, like we need to put ourselves in a position where we're going to get results. We're going to get great real estate and I'll give you the golden rules next week. Uh, that we're going to gather the best team around us, that we're going to set up the best plan. We're going to stick to the plan. We're going to be, uh, when obstacles come our way, we're going to know how to go around them. And we're going to put ourselves in a situation where the results cannot not come. It's uh, that simple, right? And so... That's as much about knowing, you know, how cash flow works, why cash flow is king, understanding where the uh, the best future incomes of real estate are, understanding the best targeted market areas to buy real estate in, identifying properties which are designed for the long term, and avoiding, you know, real estate which is going to do us financial harm. Like these are all things we have to overcome to get the result. So make sure you tune in next week when we go through the 12 golden rules of buying real estate. But today was a bit of a pep talk so you uh, can overcome any possible dysfunctions in your world which are holding you back and you can play the game of real estate better, sharper, faster for bigger and better results. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time on The Urban Property Investor. Thanks for tuning in to The Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. I would love it 
if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of The Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.